You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Hey, family, welcome to another episode of the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. So happy to be with you again. So happy that you chose to press play on this episode. As always, do not forget to rate, review, share and subscribe. Also, feel free to talk back to me. Leave comments on our social media. We can be found at December 26er on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is December, the number two, the number six, E-R. Also, you can email me at info at December, the number two, the number six, E-R.com. That's info at December 26er.com. I would love to hear your feedback, love to hear your show ideas, or just questions you'd like me to address on an episode. I take the feedback seriously and will do whatever I can to make these episodes more dynamic for you. So if there's something you want here, please reach out. So let's jump right into today's topic. This one was actually suggested to me by someone else, but I think it's a great subject to focus on because so many of us can relate to it. Today, I want to discuss how to overcome self-doubt. How do you move past that tape that's playing in your head that tells you you're not good enough, you're never going to get started, you're unable to stay the course, you don't have the tools necessary to accomplish your dreams? And I know firsthand just how difficult it can be to move past that tape that's playing over and over and over again. Often it starts as really quiet, negative self-talk, but the more you focus on it, the more it grows. And before you know it, you're watching the months and possibly years roll by. And it's so debilitating that you haven't taken one step in the direction of what it is that you want to accomplish. And if you struggle with this, let me just get this out of the way. You are in the majority. We all know those people who have like a superhuman level of self-confidence. Their self-perception and self-esteem are through the roof. They have an unwavering belief that they are going to do everything that they've been put on this earth to do. Diddy is a great example of that. When Diddy was an undergrad at Howard, he was walking around with a briefcase calling himself a mogul. When he was interning for Andre Harrell at Uptown Records, Rosie Perez recounts how he was driving her to a rehearsal back when she was a choreographer. And basically, he was talking back then about how he was going to take over the industry and really change the game. Everybody's not born with that innate sense of self where they know that they're going to achieve really big things. For the rest of us, it has to be cultivated. I think it's great to be aspirational. It's great to get there to the point where you perceive yourself in that way. But not everyone just has that inherently. So for those of you who don't, I want to offer up some ways in which you can cultivate it and hopefully get there. I'm not saying you'll completely overcome the self-doubt thing, but I want to make sure you're in a position where it's happening a lot less and you're not paralyzed by it. Okay, so I'm not going to bury the lead here. I know if you listen to a lot of inspirational talk and read the motivational books, you probably think I'm going to start with telling you to change your thoughts. Personally, confession, I don't believe in this concept of change your thoughts, change your life, and that's it. I believe you change your actions, then you change your thoughts, then you change your life. If you are expecting to wake up one day and somehow have a transformational experience where something clicks in your mind and all of a sudden all of the mental blocks that you had the day before are now gone and you look at yourself and you perceive differently and you think, you know what, today's the day. Today's the day that I believe that I can accomplish anything and I am confident in myself, I'm confident in my abilities, I'm disciplined, I'm productive, I'm going to make it happen, I'm going to reach out to the people who can help me and I'm not going to be concerned with, with what anyone else has to say about what I'm doing. I'm going to 
make it happen. If you're expecting that experience to happen and you to remain in that space permanently, you're probably going to be waiting a long time. I'm not saying that we can't have those flashes of lightning where we're inspired and we're on a motivational high that happens. But what you might find, what you probably will find is that it's fleeting and it doesn't remain. We have experiences that trigger that in us, but often it's not enough to keep us there because we haven't cultivated what it takes to really stay in that space. So instead of waiting for that big moment where your thoughts miraculously change and you're pumped and ready to go, I am going to encourage you to do something that is probably going to seem pretty counterintuitive. Do not think, just do. At some point, you're going to have to lace your shoes up and make a decision that I am going to take a step forward. I'm going to take deliberate action to move me in the direction of what it is that I want to accomplish in spite of myself, in spite of my thoughts. You can't wait for the doubt to dissipate to act. You have to act in hopes that the doubt dissipates. I know it sounds crazy, but the reason why it works is pretty simple. As you take those steps and start to have small wins, it begins to reprogram your mind. So when you see that, okay, if I take step A, then I get this result and this result is positive, that's going to help to rewire your brain to realize not only am I capable of doing it, I'm actually doing it. And that's why it's important to take a moment and celebrate the little markers along the way that show you that you're moving in the right direction. It may not be the huge win. It may be the smallest of wins, but you've got to celebrate it because that helps to reinforce to yourself and reprogram your subconscious to know that you are actually capable of making it happen. Now, we've established that self-doubt is a common struggle that most of us deal with. However, I am of the belief that self-doubt often manifests and or intensifies simply because we take too long to get started. One of my favorite quotes says, Fear occurs between the time you're presented with an opportunity and the moment you take said opportunity. I think the same thing can be said for self-doubt. It can grow between the time that you are presented with an opportunity or have a genius idea, or even if it's not genius, just one that you think is worthwhile to pursue, and the time you actually act on it. How many of you have had this experience? I know I have. You have this moment where you're like, oh my God, I have something I know I should do. This is a cool idea. I should really look into it. Or somebody comes to you and presents something that's very lucrative or at least worthy of exploring. And you spend so much time overthinking it and talking it through with other people and explaining all the reasons why you're probably not ready or not capable or you don't know how to get started that before you know it, all this time has passed and now you feel guilty about the fact that you haven't moved on an idea or worse, someone else has taken the same idea and ran with it or the person that presented the opportunity to you has moved on. And now you're sitting there reaffirming the self-doubt that has actually manifested in all that time that you wasted by saying, see, I knew I was right. I knew I didn't have the tools to make it happen. This person moved on and they did it a lot more quickly than I could have. When in actuality, that may not be true. But because you didn't even take the first step and you couldn't get out of your own head, you'll never know. Now, a disclaimer, I'm not telling you to pull the trigger on every opportunity that is presented to you or to move immediately on every idea that pops into your head. What I'm telling you is if self-doubt is the one thing that's keeping you from getting started, you've got to move ahead in spite of that. You've got to pull the trigger and start acting and wait for your thoughts to line up with your actions. 
And I'm not telling you anything that I did not have to tell myself. This podcast has been up and live now for eight weeks. And in the time leading up to it, I can't tell you how many internal conversations I had and how many discussions I had with other people where I was asking questions like, can I really talk about a subject for 20 minutes or so? Who's going to want to listen to me talk about this subject? What if I run out of ideas? What if I do all of this work and then nobody actually listens to the podcast? That's the tape that was running in my head. But while the tape was running, you best believe that every day I had a to-do list of things that I was accomplishing in preparation for launch. I was conducting research. I was talking to people. I was figuring out how to record. I was figuring out how to handle editing and promotion of the podcast. I was trying to understand how advertising works with podcasts. And then one day I had to sit down, plug the mic in and just press record and start talking. And over time, that tape that was playing in my head was quieted. I'm not saying that it's 100% silenced. I am human. There are days I still ask questions about the direction of this passion project of mine. However, that negative message is not playing over and over and over again the way that it was before. But the only way in which I was able to overcome that was by doing. It wasn't until I actually pressed record and started and got through that first episode that it was confirmed for me that, hey, this is something that I can actually do. And I firmly believe that if you take a step of your own, you will have a similar experience. It will start to help you to reprogram the way that you think and have more belief in yourself. Now, once you've taken the step of acting in spite of your thoughts, you have to be willing to venture beyond your comfort zone. It's easy for us to do the things that we're comfortable with, the things that are easily achievable. Maybe we haven't done them in the past just out of pure laziness, but we know if we just actually pull the trigger, we'll get it done. It's easy to make those those moves. However, it's a whole different ballgame to venture into uncharted territory and new waters. But if you do so, I promise you it will work wonders to help get over your self-doubt. And let me explain why. Let's say it's something as simple as cold calling. Say you're a person who does not like picking up the phone and prefers email communication, but you're not getting any traction that way. If you are successful in getting a person on the phone that you wish to connect with and giving your elevator pitch and getting them to agree to meet you for coffee or help you in some way or do some favor, that is a minor victory. And what it will serve to do is build your self-confidence. And if you're building self-confidence, that will help to quiet the self-doubt in your mind. So even if it's something small, if it's a small step outside of your comfort zone, it can help you to make a step in the right direction. And don't discount even the small steps because small steps often become big strides. The minor wins often lead to major accomplishments. These are all building blocks. Nobody's expecting you to completely transform your mindset and your headspace overnight. But these little movements, these little changes often add up to something really, really significant if you stick with it. Okay, moving right along. You've got to avoid self-blame for past failures. We've all fallen flat on our face at one time or another, or we've been in a situation where we let self-doubt completely cripple us. And if you've heard the previous episodes, you probably know where I'm going with this. You cannot beat yourself up over past missteps. Guilt is a useless emotion. I've said it before and I will say it again. Guilt is a motivation stealer and a dream killer. The more time you spend engaging in self-loathing and talking about all of the past mistakes that you made, the more you're going to delay what it is that you're trying to accomplish and the more you're going to actually multiply those thoughts of self-doubt. And further, some of this is really not your fault. We live in a society that perpetuates self-doubt. 
there's a statistic out there that says that by the time we reach adulthood, we will have heard the word no repeated 50,000 times. In contrast, the word yes is heard 7,000 times. So it is basically ingrained in us what is not possible, what we can't do, what we're not capable of, all the ways in which we don't measure up and why something is not possible. If you've heard the message no that many times, don't you think there's a good chance that it's now weaved its way into your subconscious and is driving your actions or oftentimes your inaction? So with all that time that is spent hearing the word no, it might take some time to reprogram yourself to be open to the possibility and being able to tell yourself yes. And you have to find a way to reconcile whatever support you didn't have growing up or if you didn't get the right messaging or if it was wholly your fault, why things didn't go right in your life. You've got to find a way to come to a resolution and get over that and move to a place of peace and start to move in the right direction without a focus on those past failures. Okay, now that we've spent some time talking about the actions that you need to take and the work that you need to do from an inward perspective, now I want to encourage you to look outwardly. In order to help with the self-doubt, sometimes it's important to take note of other people's appreciation of you. What I mean by that is take those positive messages, those words of affirmation that people put on you, all those compliments that they give you, the positive view that they may have of you, and try to see yourself the exact same way. I'm not saying to go out there and like be an attention seeker and ask people, hey, what do you like about me? I'm not saying that, but I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have a lot to offer the world. And I am positive that other people know that as well. So there's nothing wrong with feeding off of someone else's stated appreciation of you or their expressed gratitude for what you bring to the table and how you enrich their lives. There's nothing wrong with using that to help boost your self-esteem and quiet the self-doubt. And even if people are not explicitly stating it, there are ways in which you can use this to help boost you up. For example, if you are a social worker, think about the lives that you're affecting for the better on a consistent basis. If you're an educator, think about the young minds that you are shaping from day to day. If you're a parent of young children, try to see yourself the way your children see you. Even if you're between jobs, look at the people who come to you for support or advice or simply call you friend. You have to find these markers that show the value that other people place in who you are as a person and try to place that same value on yourself. Okay, next, you have to clean your lens. What I mean by that is you have to do a gut check on how you perceive or interpret things. Unfortunately, when you're in a place of self-doubt, that can affect how you process information. It can affect how you take in suggestions or constructive feedback from people. Everything becomes a reinforcement mechanism for whatever that negative message is that you have playing in your mind. So let me explain how this often plays out. Let's say you've taken the first step. Let's say you've stretched beyond your comfort zone and you've really put yourself out there in a significant way. Then someone that you know and respect comes back to you and says, hey, I just have a couple of suggestions on how you can make this better. If you are already in a place of self-doubt, sometimes what you will hear is, you dropped the ball, you missed the mark, I don't know what you're doing, but this is no good, and here's how you should have done it. 
And that may not be their intention at all. They may think, wow, this person's off to a really great start and I just want to use the knowledge that I have to help them make this thing better or go a little bit farther or reach their goals a lot more quickly. So how do you analyze such feedback or suggestions through the right lens? How do you make sure you're not immediately left on shaky ground or questioning yourself and every move that you've made or feeling a little bit insecure and uncertain? You really have to ask the right questions. Now, I'm talking specifically about interactions with people that you know and respect. I'm not talking about the haters, the people that you know are just looking for an opportunity to cut you down and offer their two cents. In those scenarios, you got to be willing to just kind of nod and say, yeah, okay, and keep it moving. But when you're in an exchange with someone whose opinion you value, take a moment, take a step back, take a breath, take in what they've said and say, okay, I appreciate your feedback. I'm definitely taking that into consideration and we'll try to implement. But let me ask you this. Do you think I'm on the right track? Do you think that I should continue on the path that I'm on? Then see what they say. If someone's taking a moment to provide sincere feedback to you, that probably means that, yes, they know or they believe that you're on the right track and just want to help you get a little bit further. The reality of it is for most people, if they're just not really into what you're doing or they think it's a terrible idea, they'll just keep that to themselves and remain silent. If someone's going out of their way to offer constructive help to you, it's probably because they do see something special in you and want to see you succeed. But there is nothing wrong with seeking that additional confirmation. And even if that confirmation is not what you want it to be, that's not a worthy excuse to just bury your head in the sand and stop. Talk to a few people, get feedback from a few different individuals that you trust. And if the chorus is all saying the same thing and all roads lead to maybe you're not on the right path, that still doesn't give you the out to say, you know what, that tape that was playing in my head was correct. I don't have what it takes. That just means you got to take it back to the drawing board, figure out how to pivot and put yourself out there again. This is what willpower is all about. You've got to strive no matter what you feel. You've got to strive to overcome any feelings of doubt and fear. And sometimes that means trying and missing the mark and then trying again. This is what being extraordinary is all about. It may not come easily the first time. It may not be the right path the first time, but you've got to be willing to move past the doubt and actually act. Okay, before we get out of here, we've discussed why you've got to take deliberate action. We've discussed why it's important to stretch yourself and venture beyond your comfort zone, why you need to avoid self-blame and all that guilt and all those negative emotions, how you can take note of other people's appreciation of you, and why you've got to change your perception. The last thing I want to encourage you to do is to write your own manifesto. I want you to write a letter to yourself that reminds you of how far you've come and that affirms that you are deserving of all the good this world has to offer, that you are capable and that you are enough. Now, there's a reason why I saved this one for last. I want to make sure that you don't jump directly to writing this letter. Please take some time to put some effort into the other steps that we talked about first. And the reason why that is is because if you start with the letter, I don't think it will be as powerful as it could be because you are at square one. You're literally at ground zero of self out. But if you get the ball rolling and you start this process of reprogramming yourself and quieting your negative mind, you will have at least started to build the confidence necessary to write this letter with maximum impact. Because listen, when you sit down to do it, I want you to have a little bit of ditty swagger about you. 
You may not yet have the unwavering belief that you can accomplish what you set your mind to, but I want you to have some knowing that it's going to happen. I want you to be able to use the strongest positive adjectives possible to describe yourself. I want you to be able to call out the unique qualities that make you you and set you apart from the crowd. You got to do this when you're in the right headspace because it serves a purpose. There will be a moment, even after you've gotten on the right track and you've started taking steps and you've stretched yourself and you've got some momentum going, where you'll get sidetracked. There'll be a little bump in the road or something happens that leaves you feeling a little bit uncertain or questioning your own capabilities. And to avoid going down that rabbit hole of self-doubt, you want to have this letter ready. You want to read your own words that you've written to yourself that reaffirm you and help to motivate you. I don't know why it works, but I've done this for myself. There is a manifesto that I have written that I revisit from time to time. And if you do the same, Something about reading your own words that has a magical, miraculous effect, it'll help to snap you out of whatever regression you're about to head into and take you right back to that time and space and the energy you felt when you actually wrote the letter. And it might just change your subconscious mind a little bit to think, you know what? I am worthy. I am capable. And whatever I was feeling, whatever I channeled, when that letter was written, I'm going to get back to that feeling come hell or high water. So my time is up for today, but I want you to know that I believe in you. If you're struggling with self-doubt, trust me, I have been there. I know how debilitating it can be, but I am confident that you can overcome it. I'm confident that you can set yourself on a path to dream realization. So stay the course. Keep listening. If you were impacted by what you heard today, please do not hesitate to rate, review, share, and subscribe or drop me a personal email at info at December26er.com. And lastly, until our next episode, please remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26th. That's December 26ER.